This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. We had a great reception on our return to the Celtic podcast world and amazingly, people actually downloaded episode one in droves. Rizzo's not-so-delicate tones didn't drive anyone away, which I was delighted to hear. So I'm your host, Stevie, and I'm even more delighted to say that I'm not joined by Rizzo on this one, but instead, it's Hamish Carton from 67. Hail, hail. Hamish, how are you? I'm very well, Stevie. You know, there's there's some offers that you just can't turn down, and when you messaged me earlier and asked me to come on the, the second greatest Celtic podcast, I thought I'd be up for it, mate. Well, Mark McGee say, had a press conference today saying he didn't want to come on despite nobody asking him, right? Amy, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, look, I'd ask really how you're doing, but I can tell with that razor blade and, and highlights of the game behind you on the screen that you're not having a good one. So let's just get right into this one. You've got your hello out the way. About last night, how are you feeling? I thought they were going to ask me for a second hello there. <laughs> That's another podcast, isn't it? Um, <laughs> But I no, but it's difficult, mate, isn't it? And the, the hardest thing for me without bringing work into it straight away, well, I suppose you've already done it with a 67 heel heel, but that is my job today. I've been writing non-stop about it. And usually on the website, we, we, we're really balanced. Like We never really go all out in one direction. We like to give a bit of balance. We'll give opinions, um, but we like to stay as balanced as possible, finding it harder and harder as time goes on to be balanced about this team and be balanced about Neil Lennon and I've actually in a few articles today without outright saying that he has to go I've actually said it in in not as many words or, or more words because for me you know you get certain results that are catastrophic and that are you know 
the end of days type results. You think back to 4 0 at St Mirren under Tony Mowbray, and you think back to Mulder under Ronnie Dyler, and games like that. And for me, losing 4 1 at home to Sparta Prague is one of those results. Um, and quite simply, I don't see how Neil Lennon recovers for this. Quite interesting, you said Mulder being the Ronnie Dyler, what one of his pitfalls. The real one was the 2 2 draw loss against Rangers, of course. Yeah. Dyla never fully recovered from that uh, for the Mulder result. The home and away one, the away one especially, but Dyla never really recovered from it in general, and there was just fans that wanted them out, even if he racked up a, a few wins in a row. Um, do you think that's going to be the way it's going to go with Lennon? Even if, we'll get to Sunday later, right? But even if he racks up some wins in the bounce, do you think there's going to just be an element of the fan base now, or just be like, I want them gone anyway? I think so. I You, you mentioned the, the Dyla stuff there, and I think as much as the Rangers game was, you know, the, that final straw, I think it was the early results that, that got him to that stage. And if you want to go back to Mowbray as well, as much as the St Mirren game was, you know, his final game, probably the, the result at Kilmarnock, um, that defeat in Robbie Keane's first game was probably a, an awful one for him as well. Although there was a few in the Europa League as well, I seem to remember. Um, yeah, for me, that, that could be it for Lennon. I mean, like, see if you're looking at, like the last 12 months under Neil Lennon and we've got to be balanced um, and say that he's he's given us like X number of trophies and some good days as well but like the bad days massively outweigh the good days You, I've, I won't even have to list them all off to, to everyone listening to this but you know you've got so many bad defeats and the scary thing for me is that I think all of them have come at Celtic Park like, I, I don't know what that is about. It's uh, And we didn't even have the... Obviously, now we've got the excuse of no fans, but, I mean, that mob across the city seem to be doing all right with fans, so I, I don't really want to use that I and mean, bring that into the conversation. Um, I just... I'm kind of lost for words, to be honest. I don't know where we go for here. That's it, mate. <laughs> Podcast over. Right, well, this has been episode two. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> no, so, Hamish, there's an age difference between us, regretfully. But Quite a few I years. Have see- yeah, indeed. Thanks for that. Now... I've seen some howlers in my lifetime as a Celtic fan. Neuchatel, Zamax, Armida, Bratislava, Olborg, Utrecht, Legia, Maribor, Kluge, Copenhagen, Ferenc Varos, right? Now, I'm sure you shared some of those horror shows with myself in your lifetime, but where does last night rank for you, European-wise, in Celtic's history? Is it worse than any of them, and if so, why? It's a good question. It's a kind of question I wish I'd actually revised for before coming on this. Um... I don't know. The ones you've got listed down there, I'm too young to remember that first name. I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Is it Zamax? They're pronounced. Are they Swiss? Swiss Bliss, yes. <laughs> Armidia Bratislava was an absolute shocker. Alborg was 4 0, wasn't it? Alborg was a 2 1 defeat in Denmark, and that was the moment for me under Gordon Strachan. I'm out. He's out. Sorry, Utrecht was a 4-0. Alberg was the one yes. when, when Barry Robson scored and then they came back. But I mean, that, that Alberg's not on a... Well, maybe it is on a kind of level playing field. Maybe that's a similar type team as Sparta Prague. But I mean, 4-1 defeat at home. None of them are at home. and or None of them are you know big defeats at home, really. Copenhagen, I know that's 3-1, but that's a kind of... That, that, as much as they were the better team that night, um, it was like a late goal and it was the same in the Cluj game. Last night's game was like 4-1 and I think they hit the post three times or the post in the bar. And I know we hit, we hit the bar with uh, your man in the first half, but they created a lot, a lot of chances. Like that could have been 
five or six one. Um, I mean, you add in all the kind of factors that folk won't remember years from now about them missing eight players and COVID and the fact they hadn't played a, a league match and um, God knows how long, which I think folk are kind of jumping in that a lot. I think, to be fair, they have played a match each of the last couple of weeks in the Europa League, so I don't see that as, a, as much of a factor. But the fact they had eight folk out and came to Parkhead and won 4 1, like you've got to laugh. Um, but to answer your question, it probably is right up there. I feel like Art Media Bratislava is probably, along with Lincoln Redimps, are probably the two I always look back on. But getting humped like 7 1 off Barca and stuff or PSG, it was 7 0 off Barca. Wasn't great either, but I suppose you can take it for a decent side when you're getting beat off Sparta Prague four one at home. It's it's harder to take when there's problems at a team. It's usually at one isolated area. There's no enough cohesion in midfield, or the defence are static. Uh, the strikers are misfiring, but it's everywhere in the Celtic team now. You go to the goal, goalkeeping situation. It's between Bain and Barkas, and none of them have covered themselves in glory this season, right? And one of the things is now, what's it going to be on Sunday? Because I don't for a second believe Barkas is injured, by the way. I reckon Bain has just been kept in on the back of a couple of decent, but not even standout performances. Last night, Bain never impressed whatsoever. Now, if Neil Lennon goes and puts Barkas in on Sunday, it's just going to create, again, more uncertainty. There's no stability and there's no consistency. And that defence must be thinking, you know, who is it going to be week to week? Right there, that's a problem. And I don't know if you agree with me on that one, but when you're chopping and changing your goalkeepers, it's just not boding well for the rest of the season ahead. Aye, as you say, the issues are everywhere in that team. And, and when a team's like that, for past experience, the fault and the blame usually rests at the manager's door. I don't know if you ever mentioned Brendan Rodgers on the podcast, but I mean, the difference he made when he came in, taking over for... A team that was, you know, in dire straits under Ronnie Dyla. He signed a limited number of players and turned the team around. And that's the difference a good manager makes. And Lennon is doing the opposite of that at the moment. Um, yes, we've got issues in the team at the moment over the goalkeeper. The defence is an absolute shambles. I think something that not too many people are talking about is the fact that, like, Odson Edward, to me, virtually this whole season, has not looked interested at all. I know he's had issues with with COVID and all the transfer interest and stuff like that. But he is a guy who, every time he gets the ball, he's trying to skin three or four men. He's not playing for the team at all. Um, so that's another issue. But you've got all these issues. but and, and it looks really bad and it seems really bad and it is really bad. But I think if you get a good manager in, someone who can raise the standards, I think all these issues fall into place. Um, and I think we saw that when Rodgers took over for Dyla. And sadly for me, we're back at that dial stage. So that's, for me, where it comes into getting a new manager in. Because I think if you get a new manager in, raise the standards, I believe that these issues sort themselves out. Now, we all had a good laugh at Rangers, right? And stupidly, I was laughing before we kicked the ball for getting <laughs> We're actually we're a nightmare as well. But Rangers' second goal last night against Benfica Aye. is something we can only dream of replicating. Now, if it was right at the, their own six-yard box... They played it, it was like in a case of three or four passes, they were already like breaking through Benfica's box, they switched the play and they scored. That was a team goal they scored, whereas whenever we seem to score our goals now, Hamish, it's just moments of individual brilliance. And I don't know how we can't seem to play as a team. We've got, as you say, we've got so many good players in that team, 
And I think, frankly, it is down to the manager at the end of it all because there's no way you can tell me you've got... The front four we've got, if you have Rogic, Elianusi, Ryan Christie and Edward up front, that's a front four that should be able to take... Forget the domestic level here. I'm talking about in Europe, should be able to take a few goals off any team. And the fact that they can't, I do, unfortunately, put that down to the manager. And I think you're right on that one. And it's not even a case of even if they raise their game, I don't even think there'll be a corner turn because you're just waiting on the next one going, well, okay, where's the next dip going to be, isn't it? Uh, you mentioned those front four, and we always hear the, the figures branded about for Celtic supports and say what you want, but if you're adding you know, the values of those front four together, you're, you're probably, I don't know, you're probably not too far off about 100 million or certainly you know upwards of 80 million if you were to add those front four, yet they are unable to do anything against kind of second-rate European opposition, which I think says a lot. Like When when other teams are looking at these players and they're seeing that they're failing to deliver in these games, then they must be kind of thinking, well, what's all the fuss about here? I do actually believe that these players are good. I think they've shown us over the years that they can find that ability. But again, it just comes down to the manager again for me. They're they're not playing for the manager. um, And... I can't repeat that enough. Um, these are good players. I mean, would you be massively motivated, like when you've had Brendan Rodgers at the club, and you know Chris Davies, who I think was a really good coach, and Colo Touré, who was really liked at the club, or so I'm led to believe. And nowadays you look and you've got that idiot with the earpiece in and you've got John Kennedy not having a clue what's going on and that vacant laptop sitting in the desk and it's like... Neil Lennon sitting there with his arms folded. I mean, in a way, you can't blame them for not really giving a shit. And you've got to remember, this is Neil Lennon who threw the players under a bus after Ferenc Faros. He praises them, you know, after they beat Hibs, saying, what a, what a team I've got, this is it. They're the best. And then the next minute, like last night, oh, Sparta Prague were hungrier than us, and that's all in the players. And if you're in that dressing room, you're like, you know, consistency and make up your mind. He's... he's, he's, he's Here's another one, by, like just tonight before we started uh, recording, him, it's just about 20 minutes ago. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see what Paul Lambert's hat out with? Uh, <laughs> he's oh, like down Jockstein. Now, to me, that just it's the fact that Chris Sutton is coming out lambasting a player who is arguably been our best this season. Paul Lambert's coming out the woodwork, and slowly but surely, there'll be all sorts of ex players in the weekend having their wee piece about it and, and all that as well a guy like El Yanusi is just going to go all oh, this over a me checking my phone for what 10 seconds it's got it's got beyond a joke and there's no no doubt in my mind that Neil Lennon's just been texting these people behind the scenes going look put the boot into him make sure they get the message do you agree there? Oh you're you're very very cynical in comparison to me Stevie I'm, I'm a nice man who thinks the best of everyone but you, you may have a point there um I genuinely like comparison to you. Like I genuinely don't even think of things like that. But yeah, you'll be spot on. You'll be spot on. And um, Paddy McCourt was another one I saw yesterday on, on Twitter, like just shortly after full time uh, last night, talking about how we were one game away for a quadruple treble and still in with a great chance of ten in a row. And to be fair to the the wide ranging Celtic support, they um, they quickly got on his back and, and told him, "I don't know how you feel, but." I felt that after the Rangers game um, and, you know, the AC Milan defeat to a lesser extent and definitely Ferenc Barros, people were calling for Lennon to go. 
but I felt as if it was maybe to put a figure on it, maybe about forty to fifty percent, maybe slightly more, maybe up to sixty for the Rangers game. I feel like now those saying that that Lennon what needs or deserves time to turn it around are massively in the minority. Like I have probably seen three or four people and it's those idiots for like the they keep the faith and all that in their Twitter bio and just I mean the kind of folk that won't admit it's going wrong until Stephen Gerrard's lifting that trophy above his head in May and you know 55 and all that kind of patter but it's crazy for me that this has been allowed to happen um, and some people still aren't aren't awake to what's going on they're, they're still sleepwalking to to coin a phrase uh, one of our, our pals uses <laughs> Yeah, but it's not even the, the fans are sleepwalking. I mean, you go to pre-season as well, and you had Lee Griffiths eating yeah. takeaway after takeaway, just eating junk before pre-season training, right? We now see what the the fallout of that is. You have a guy who, when he starts, is so off the pace. He's now just used as an impact player. And yeah, right enough, he scored last night, and he actually has scored when he's come on um, against Aberdeen as well, and he's been decent coming off the bench. But surely that can't be the role you want to be in as a Celtic striker, and I think Chris Sutton, to an extent, was right last night about, you know, Lee Griffiths not being fit and everything right, and although he did go overboard in El Yunusi, I think he was right about that, but it's the fact that Neil Lennon has just allowed it to happen, instead of actually putting down a marker when that happened with Griffiths, he's went, no, I'm going to give him a, wee, a month to get back into the swing of things, and while he's improved somewhat, Hamish, it's still no good enough for a team that are chasing 10 in a row and it doesn't set out a good example whatsoever I think to the rest of the team It's just from top to bottom that whole club I mean when you're you're given I know it's said all the time but when you're given the manager the job in the showers after a cup final like what are you expecting and then you go for you know the top level of the club to Lee Griffiths you mentioned obviously the big one at the start of the season that everyone seems to have forgotten about was, was volleyball and goalie and Volleyball and goalie kind of get made out to be a lone wolf in that whole thing, and I suppose he was to a large extent because he apparently went away, um, you know, to Spain. Didn't tell anyone. Not sure if I believe that totally, but behaviour like that shouldn't be happening. And when you add it into all the other bits of crap that are happening at the club uh, at the moment, I read earlier today that Shane Duffy started the the derby against Rangers uh, last month, days after having. You know, serious dental surgery. Uh, Stephen Kenny, the Ireland manager, broke that news. Apparently, Duffy was having sleepless nights both before the game and obviously after, given his performance. But an absolute shambles there that, that he's been allowed to play in that state. You've got so many other things. You know, the, the phone incident. Um, I don't think it's particularly big, but it hints at a complete lack of respect for the manager, in my opinion. And I'm not having a go in El Yunusi for that because. People, if given an inch, will, you know, take a mile. Um, you know, Karim Dembele was photoed with, with his phone at the start of the season at, at Rugby Park against Kilmarnock. So, you know, these incidents are going on. You've got loads of other incidents going on at the club at the moment that are just, they're just really regrettable. And again, it just it comes down to the entire feeling around the club coming not just from the manager, but from the board as well. I don't know if they thought it was going to be a gimme this year. I don't know if they expected Rangers not to be around. They expected the bubble was going to be burst after the way they started this year. For me, Rangers were always going to come on strong this year. 
like have we put together a good performance all season so far? Like we've play, played good halves. We've played the second half against uh, you know AC Milan and the first half against Lille. But have we actually put together a good performance this season in ninety minutes? Again, bits and bobs there in the opening day against Hamilton, but it's Hamilton Aki's. I'm sorry. And then we had Hibs in the second half. I remember the first half against Hibs, we went two 0 up. But I didn't mm. think we were impressive. Yeah. David Tumble came on in the second half. We controlled the game. We looked like a team. There was fluidity there, but they were also solid. And the second half, I don't think we gave Hibs a sniff. But then David Tumble hasn't been seen since. And you're wondering, what's going on there as well? I think he'll probably play on Sunday. That'll probably be Lennon's big call will be to throw in David Turnbull against his old team because he, he's kind of got to make some sort of change, doesn't he, after the way he's spoken on Thursday night. But I'm kind of looking at the squad and yes, we've got a few strikers. He could start a Yeti over Edward. But like, see elsewhere, like, who's he really going to throw in for, for a game, surprisingly? I mean, is, is Mela Soro going to start? Like, when we've barely seen him, is, is he going to throw Luca Connell in for his first ever competitive start? Is he going to put Stephen Welsh back in? Is Barkas going to be the big inclusion? It's just like, everything's just an absolute shambles. Um, we're continually told we've got great strength and depth at the club, but we really don't. But I suppose I'm a fickle football fan, and a few days ago I'm looking at that front four and I'm going, oh, they're going to lead us to 10 in a row. Tom Rogic is the greatest thing ever. Um, and to be fair to Tom Rogic, even last night he creates a goal, but it's just uh, it's just difficult to see where it goes for here because the most frustrating thing for me, Stevie, is that no matter how badly we're playing and how badly the results are, I genuinely don't see A, Neil Lennon walking and B, the board, you know, picking up the courage and the, the what do you call it, to, to say we got it wrong earlier on uh, and appointing him and we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to him now. I just don't see it. I'm going to hold off the now until Sunday. I agree with what you say about Turnbull, right? I think he's going to come in, but I'll go and I'll say who I think he's going to be replacing a wee bit later on the show. But I just want to talk very quickly about the culture change now here. Now, Neil Lennon said that a culture change is needed, right? But he's changed the culture completely since coming back to Parkers. Now, four days off for the team after beating Hamilton. Again, we've talked about Griffiths feeling confident enough to eat garbage before pre-season. Beaton posting pictures of him in McDonald's. Again, it's a, it traits back to stories like when the team all went boozing after we beat Dundee United in 2011. We then played Inverness a few days later in midweek and the team all looked hungover because we lost 3-2 mm. and the league was done. The 12-13 season, you know, when Hooper, Ledley, Matthews out constantly in the West End, Bevin. We went on to win the league by the least amount of points ever. I think it was 79. I'd, as much as I've always said I wasn't personally a fan of Brendan Rodgers I don't recall such a shift in unprofessionalism um, and I have to ask you Hamish right before I go on to the next point about Motherwell is this just simply a Neil Lennon trait that he's always going to be this type of personality and he'll have this presence on every team? Remember after the cup final victory in December the, the video that Celtic actually posted on the Twitter of Neil Lennon coming in and saying tomorrow day off and the whole changing room erupting. Yes. For me, for me, that kind of summed up the way Neil Lennon manages his team. I think he um, he rewards them for good results and he punishes them for bad results. And to be honest, well, I don't claim to know a lot about this, but I would assume nowadays that that's a bit of an outdated you know, method of way to go about things. I suppose Brendan Rodgers did have the odd kind of unprofessional thing. I mean, Charlie Masonda was always one that, that I heard. Um, I think the rumours were at the time that he wasn't getting up to uh, great stuff away from football. 
uh, at that point. And, and Rogers, to be fair to him, um, which is something I don't like doing too often, and it's certainly something that I'm doing more often now, uh, given the way things are going. Um, Rogers dealt with that, and Misonda barely played for the club. Um, would Neil Lennon do the same? I think we've got a lot of players there who weren't signed by Neil Lennon. Look at players like Edward and then Cham, you know, Christopher Iyer, players like that. Yes, when, when Lennon first came in, they were motivated. Um, last season, to be honest, I, I thought we were pretty decent. Yeah, we had some bad results against Cluj and you know Rangers and Copenhagen, but we still did most of the things we wanted to. But it just seems like whatever's changed this season, um, that I don't know what has changed. Uh, the thing that's kind of constantly said is Damien Duff has changed. I think I feel that's a bit simplistic to say that, but maybe that is the case. The whole Neil Lennon will reward you um, for playing well and will punish you when you struggle. Um, I don't think washes with players because it's really up and down. And you've seen that in his press conferences lately. He's either elated and he's praising the team. Um, even if they lose, you know, my players were brilliant. Where did that defeat come from? Or he's completely thrown them under the bus. And as you said earlier, the players must, we won't know whether they're coming or going with this guy. And, and that's not a good place to be. Now we're talking about Sunday's game here. And let's cast our minds back to 2011-2012, right? Now again, we had a dreadful start in the league. An admin error by Sion allowed us in the great <laughs> stages of the Europa League. It turned out to be a welcome distraction for us, and despite not qualifying for the last 32, there was a particular double header of Rennes and Motherwell, which would prove vital in kickstarting their season. A bit similar here, we have had a double header against Sparta Prague and Motherwell. Now, Sparta Prague, as we know, disastrous last night. But I now see this quite similar for Lennon, who he saved his job ultimately now has to ensure we claw points back in the league at Fur Park again. How do you see this one going? It's interesting you mentioned that game. I was doing a bit of research today and that Motherwell win is nine years ago today. Would you believe it? The way things have worked out. Um, it was the 6th of November 2011. So there's certainly similarities there, isn't there, in terms of the way we're going into the game. You know, there's a there's an element there of Tony Watt as well, who's playing really well for Motherwell, a guy who gave Neil Lennon probably his best moment as Celtic manager um, and could, in theory, kill off his second term as Celtic boss. And I know personally too that Neil Lennon and Tony Watt had a fair few Rammies. In fact, you'll remember he was sent on loan to Belgium when Lennon was in mm. charge too. It was a personality clash with A2, which would be interesting if... You get the last laugh in that one. But do you want me to tell you what my big... I said earlier on the show who I think Tumble's going to come in for. I think Callum McGregor. He's not the same player as he, McGregor. Under Brendan Rodgers, he was in a more advanced position on the park and he could dictate the last third so well. Um, he was so, so dynamic in and around that 18-yard box for the other team. Whereas this season, he's more controlling the tempo and dictating the play in the middle of the park. But he's chasing far more than he's dictating the now. Uh, and he didn't cover his cell in glory at all last night. His general performance was poor, but the two goals, the first two, not picking his man up for the first header, and then the way that that guy just skinned him so easily mm. uh, was like Sunday League stuff. I think Tumble's going to come in for McGregor. Next to Scott Brown, he obviously keep him right, and I think he's going to go with that. I could be completely wrong, but that is my prediction. And I also predict that we'll, it'll be a narrow win, but whereas... I don't even know how we're going to be the rest of the season. If that's going to be the one to kickstart us or when we play Sparta Prague, they will be absolutely up for it against us as well and that could be a hiding. I just do not know with this team, but 
Who knows? I could be wrong and Alan Burroughs could end up scoring against him. <laughs> oh, yes. I've completely forgot. The Motherwell social media team with their wee inspirational quotes. That'll be something to look forward to. There's some lot they well, aren't they? But to be fair to them, they're, they're playing well at the moment. And um, we, uh, for, for me, it's a, it's a must-win game for Celtic. But if we win it, nothing changes for me. So it's a weird feeling. I'm almost like going into it and it, like it's a must-win game, but it's not that kind of, oh, really nerves. I've got massive nerves here. I can't wait for a kick-off. You know, real tough game, but I'm up for it. I just can't really be arsed on Sunday. Like if, if we drop more points, to me, it's going to be really tough. Um, really tough this season because I think they're at home at Hamilton, which is about as much a gimme as you can get, although they did lose to them last season. Um, but we're probably going to be looking at you know being double-figure points behind if, if we don't beat Motherwell. And then we've got Hibs away in our next away game. So I don't know if there's a sadistic part of me that's just hoping that we absolutely tank it the next couple of games and then Lennon's out of job. But I don't even know if that'd be the case, to be honest, mate. I'm just uh, just totally scunnered by the whole thing. I don't know if that's come across well in this, but um, it's, it's tough at the moment. No, I think it's understandable, especially, again, when fans... We plough so much money into a product that we want to see the maximum result for and we're not seeing that I think you're more than justified for it Hamish and if I can get a quick shoot prediction for you for Sunday's game Do I need to go all out and see a massive Celtic win because that's your kind of style isn't it? Just be yourself Well if I'm being myself honestly I think Motherwell will get a point I think it'll be Motherwell 1 Celtic 1 I'm going to go with Motherwell 1, Celtic 2. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. And then myself and Rizzo will be back as usual on Monday. I'm sure you'll be delighted to hear that one, audience. So this has been episode 2. And I'm going to leave you all with where you can find Hamish on Twitter and anywhere on social media where he does his stuff. It's a nice easy one. I'm at Hamish Carton uh, on Twitter. Um Grand Old Podcast, which is the other podcast I do, the only podcast that's better than this one. We are at Grand Old Pod, that's E-U-L-D, like Betty Old. And if I can give a third shout out, uh, at 67 Hail Hail on Twitter and uh, subscribe to the YouTube as well. You also had a Celtic legend on recently discussing the Rangers game. And it wasn't John, of course, it was Jackie McNamara. Aye. He was, uh, we have Jackie on a lot. We've, we get him every couple of weeks and we get a good few videos out of that. So, um, he certainly caused a bit of a rammy among the, the Rangers lot with uh, his, his comments that, that he said that Rangers aren't a good team, um, which is fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, I wouldn't say they're a great team. I'd say they're an alright team. Um, but he got lots of reaction from, from angry Rangers fans. And I've also recently, well, I say recently, a couple of weeks ago, I've done probably the, the worst video ever in the history of YouTube in terms of um, how it reflects a few weeks down the line. Um, I did predicting all six games of this wee chunk for Celtic and I think I had five wins, a draw and a defeat. I had us beating Rangers, AC Milan, Sparta Prague, Aberdeen at Pataudry. Uh, I think the only one I didn't have as winning actually was Lille away, which is probably the only one we got a decent positive result. So if you want to go into 67 Hail Hail and laugh at me, uh, that would be great. Aye, please make sure to do that audience because I'll be doing that as well. And I'll be back on Sunday with Rizzo. Thanks for listening.
Social Podcast Network. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.